there is a library that exists at the Nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. everyone and welcome back to the Eternity Archives. We are continuing our Wander Home arc and today we'll get into some of the actual play, which I'm very excited to share with y'all. I am Dorka, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Zen, the barbarian lizard princess who is, for once, still a lizard. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. <laughs> Living the dream. And with me today and in our game are my co-hosts. Please introduce yourselves, co-hosts. Hi, my name is Bappy. My pronouns are they, them, and I play Real de Drakel, who is usually a tiefling with ram horns, but is just now a little a little sheep baby. Hi, everyone. I'm Ziva. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Linda, the adorable human office lady who is currently an adorable little hedgehog shepherd. So she's also kind of living the dream, honestly. All right, we're going to start off with an icebreaker question. We just told you what our archivists are in Wander Home, where everyone is an animal. So I'm going to go with the obvious question, which is, what kind of animal would you be if you were a talking animal person? Easy. Easiest question of my life. I would be a raccoon. I'm nocturnal. I'm chubby. I have weird little hands, and I know how to use tools. We're very proud of you for that. <laughs> I would like to think I'd like to be one of those like uh, shaggy, sturdy little horses, maybe like a Shetland pony or something. Like How a little cute. Sebastian? Yeah, like a little. Well, a little Sebastian's a miniature pony, a little bit bigger than that. But but yes, a slightly scaled up little Sebastian because I'm short and I'm hardy. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm I'd like to think I'm lovable. I don't know. I just really like horses. I'd like to be a horse. That'd be great. You're, you're not that short, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of short. Are you? <laughs> I think you're the tallest one of the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> no, that can't that can't be right. Is that? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm definitely taller than Dorka, and you're definitely taller than me. Oh my god! Maybe I just have short person energy. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, I used to think of myself as like you know a dolphin or something along those lines. Now that I'm an adult, I honestly I think I'm kind of just a dog. Aw, cute. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love dogs, and if I were a animal. I think I would like to be a dog. I thought you were going to say, now that I'm an adult, I'm going to, I'm an adult fin. (laughs) (laughs) If I got to choose, I would definitely choose some sort of like lizard thing like Zen. But um, I think, I think I'm more dog than lizard as a person. Would you be a sexy lizard? I would be sexy no matter what form I I talk. Oh, yeah. That's the energy you're bringing. (laughs) All right. Um, so now that we have our animal forms, we have our wander home animal forms, and now it's finally time to get down on the ground and start playing 
and help prepare for this festival. Are y'all ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's have some wholesome fun. So, since we're all sitting alone with our thoughts, it's probably a relief when the journals finally call us back to action. Our journals buzz wherever they are, they get our attention in whatever way that they typically do. And when we open them up, it's not the words that we notice first this time, it's more of a feeling. When you open your journal, you can almost hear birds chirping and the wind blowing. You can almost smell flowers growing, just the calm of nature. And then, out of all of that sensation, you can pick out the words, travel to Haith and help with preparations for the festival. Oh, well, that seems like a nice reprieve from what we've had to do lately. (laughs) Rill's kind of relieved and is also feeling a little some trepidation because like what if it's more than it actually is but at the same time they're like you know what i will do my best to face whatever happens because that's what i need to do yeah i think linda's 50 percent relieved she's excited that like oh thank god i've been given a concrete task let's do it i can handle a concrete task and 50 percent frustrated because it feels like a distraction and she's already torn in so many directions but you know she comes back around to like well this is this is my job this is why i'm here and i get to spend some time with my friends so i'm not just feeling alone and and frustrated we get to go and do something a mission that we can all do together and preparing for a festival sounds not so bad sounds kind of nice yeah i think Rail might be the first at the book drop because I think with all the thinking they're doing, they're just kind of vibrating out of their mortal form and they're just kind of, they just want to do something. Yeah, Zen is of similar mind. I think Zen has taken to just sort of pacing around the library. You never run out of corridors in the library, which is, you know, nice, which makes it a great way to pass the time because there's no indication of how far you've gone, which means there's no- Mall walkers love the library. Yes, Zen has become a mall walker. (laughs) (laughs) And so it doesn't take her long to sort of focus her attention and find her way back to the book drop. She doesn't have a weapon on her this time. She was unarmed doing her mall walking, but she is eager enough to go out and get her feet on the ground that she doesn't bother to return to her room and get anything sharp and pointy. She finds that usually the library provides. So I guess Linda then would be the last one at the book drop, and uh, she looks a little bit frazzled. Her hair's sort of up in like a, a little messy poof on top of her head, and her blouse is not nicely pressed. It looks like maybe she slept in it last night. And she looks at you all and gives you, rather than some homemade goodies, she gives you some prepackaged candy and says, it's it's really good to see you all. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry I don't have anything um special with me. I've been, I was up all night reading, and I don't even know when I fell asleep. Uh, but, but you know, as long as we have a little goodie for the road, right? Zen's already torn into that wrapper and devoured the candy. Rill's just looking at the candy and at Zen and then at Linda is just like, um, Linda, are you okay? Okay. Oh, no, I'm I'm fine. I'm just um, you know, I've just been I've been reading about uh, physics recently. I uh, I you know, it's it's not really my scene, but uh, I feel like someone has to know something and you know, we're in a multiverse, so there there's got to be an answer somewhere. Uh so you know, I was just I just got lost in in my reading and um and I well, I've learned a lot, but uh you yeah, know, I'm fine. Thanks for don't worry about me. 
Rills looks very worried and also skeptical, <laughs> but they won't push the subject any further. Zen looks in her book, and the feeling that it gives off seems to ease her a little bit. But then she looks to the two of you and says, so which one of you is the anchor? Rill looks at you all and then looks down at Dumpling and picks up Dumpling. And it's just like, uh, I guess you're at the wheel again, buddy. And this Zen finds to be uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Not because of any feelings against Dumpling, but because the last time they had no anchor, things got weird and things got bad. And everything kind of went downhill after that. Yeah, Linda looks over at Dumpling and this is one of those things where she's just like willing to accept it. Like, oh, as long as it's somebody. mm." So she just reaches in her pocket and says, oh, I almost forgot. And gives Dumpling a candy too and says, okay, keep a close eye on us. All right. Dumpling eats it with the wrapper still on it. It's like eating the baby bells with the peel still on. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) don't do that. I imagine Dumpling is just like sat down in that oversized armchair. Yeah. Yeah, nom, 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 nom. Zen is, is clearly unsure, though. Her feet are pretty heavy as she heads towards the book drop. Rail's just looking between the two of you and is just like, they feel that the vibes are off. <laughs> Linda's going to notice that Zen's a little uncomfortable and reach up and pat her on the arm because the shoulder's really tall <laughs> and just be like, now I know what you're thinking, um, but, you know, Dumpling's here to, to keep an eye on us. This is this is totally different. We are going here on purpose. We've been given a job and Dumpling's keeping an eye on us and nothing bad is going to happen, um, hopefully ever. I'd just feel more comfortable if they assigned us, you know, a professional. I mean, it. well, I mean, Dumpling's a professional. Look at them. And they're just eating candy. We're <laughs> 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 all just like, I mean, you know, if something bad does happen, like we will, we can handle it. We've handled it before and we can handle it now. Zen does not have the knowledge for this analogy, but Dorka's analogy here is Zen's feeling like we're putting a dog in the pilot seat (laughs) of a passenger jet. But this is a really smart dog. (laughs) (laughs) There's no rule saying a dog can't fly an airplane. Yeah, this is, it's it's more like if you put the dog on the airplane, but you've seen them drive both a car and a semi-truck before. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, if any dog can do it, it's this yeah. one. Linda pats Zen on the arm again and says, it, it does say we're preparing for a festival, so I think Dumpling can probably handle this one. They've, they've brought us back before. Yeah, I, I think it'll be okay. And like I said, if it's not, we can handle it. We have we have each other. Yeah, as long as it's all three of us together, we're in good shape. We can we we got this. I hope so. So Zen holds out both of her hands, intending to you know hold one of each of yours. Uh, Rill would put their hand in yours. Linda grabs Zen's hand and gives a little squeeze. We're gonna do this together. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And the three of you go through the book drop into the void all at once and you feel that feeling that you usually feel being unmade every atom of you coming apart and rearranging itself before coming back together you feel a strange sensation in each of your limbs in your face in your toes in your fingers and then you find yourself with your feet on the ground It's cold here. Not the oppressive chill of midwinter, but the refreshing briskness of early spring. Like the world is waking up from a long rest and invites you to wake with it. 
It's cold enough that your fur, yes, your fur, stands on end, cold enough that every sound and smell and feeling is just a hint sharper. You can smell the frost that tips the grass beneath your feet, and you can taste the freshness in the air. You're surrounded by an arrangement of standing stones, though only a few of them actually remain standing. This place looks like it was significant once, but is now long forgotten, though it doesn't seem to be in a state of neglect or disrepair so much as a state of restfulness and peace. The world has moved on from this place, but it has not moved on from the world. As the bright rays of sunlight filter in through the leafless trees all around you, the air seems to shimmer. It seems almost magical here, feels almost magical, and you know for certain only that it is beautiful. You feel suddenly that you're being watched, and look up to meet the many-faceted eyes of a cricket the size of a large dog. Its mandibles twitch as it stares at you, and then it kicks off of the ground and bounds away like a startled deer. The sound of it crashing through the underbrush finally breaks that early morning silence. What the fuck was that? (laughs) So tell me what you look like here. So Linda looks down and she finds that she's got uh, two little sweet brown paws and a long face and in place of her curly hair is now a mess of brown quills. She is a hedgehog with a twitchy little nose. She's holding in her left hand a large wooden shepherd's crook that's ornately carved, almost like an antique hairbrush. She is wearing a smocked frock, something old-fashioned and sensible. She's got a pair of sturdy hiking boots on her, what were her feet and are now her back paws. And she has a woolen cloak wrapping around herself, worn, but really doing a great job to keep out the bit of the chill in the air. So Rill is a little sheepy. Um, They still have their horns, uh, which they are very thankful for. And they have a big cloak and like loose papers stuffed in the pockets. And on their back, kind of like a camping backpack is this shrine of, you know, different types of cobbled together materials where there's little wispy uh, spirits almost just kind of floating around it. They have paint-stained pants and a blue canteen around their waist. Compared to the two of you, Zen seems normal, or rather normal for herself, relative to what she usually is. She looks almost the same as always. She's a tall, thick lizard. The coloration's a little different, though. She's sort of a black and orange marbled pattern. Zen is a Gila monster today. She's wearing sort of a thick cloth skirt, sort of like a monk would wear, and a thick scarf looped around her neck many times, big enough to hide herself in if she wanted to. It's the only thing covering her upper body. She's also wearing fingerless gloves and has an ostentatious belt draped around her waist. Her bear-clawed feet are, by bear-clawed, I want to clarify, mean nothing on them, not Ursa. She's Ursa. part bear. <laughs> part bear, part lizard, all librarian. In a game like this, I feel the need to clarify, but her, her bear feet are the, the grass, nothing on them. And she looks to the two of you and just grins that lizard grin. None of you are human this time. 
She is not human. And she likes... uh Linda pats her head somewhat furiously and looks down at herself and says, Oh, I think I like this one. Oh, I'm I'm adorable. Yeah, you are. Rail goes over to pat you on the head. <laughs> watch watch out for the watch out for the quills. No, it's good. I des- I deserve that. I should <laughs> should have seen that coming. They pull out the quill and just flick it off to the side. Zen holds out a hand over the pack that Rail is carrying with those little spirits and sort of like wiggles her fingers and pulls her hand back and forth to see the way these little spirits sort of dance around her. She says, "You have any idea what these?" Um, I get the vibes that they are spirits or or gods or something from, from this world. And there's probably like two spirits that are in particular maybe dancing around your fingers. One is playing like a jaunty little jingle as it twirls around you. And the other is maybe a little bit more relaxed, but kind of has a calming vibe. And then there's another spirit that's just at the bottom of this portable shrine that you can see two glowing eyes looking out at y'all, but it just seems reluctant. Linda leans forward to peer at it and says, Hi friend, you want to come out with the other ones? It looks at you and kind of glances side to side and then it retreats back into its hole. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. You don't have to be scared. You can come out anytime you want, okay? Yeah, I think that one just has had some shit go on, you know. I mean, you know, like... I I understand. (laughs) I, I can relate. Yeah. So I think while they're talking, there's a sound of bells in the distance and it's getting closer and closer. And Linda turns over her shoulder when it sounds like it's very close. And into the stone circle comes several bumblebees, really, really big bumblebees, the size of sheep that are wearing collars around their necks with big brass bells on them, like like sheep would. And they begin to crowd around her and gently headbutt her in the legs asking for affection. (laughs) We've decided this is the noise that bees make. (laughs) Sure. Oh my god, look at all these little pitter-patters. Oh, oh, I love them. I think these are these are mine. And uh, she reaches down and starts patting as many on the head as she possibly can. Pat some on the butt, too. Yeah, and on, on the butt. <laughs> Zen loves them. Everyone loves them. How could you help but love them? I think I might like this world. Let's take our time with this. Yeah, I mean... Is there, I mean, is there a town within distance? Not where we are. I mean, we're in sort of a forest in a hilly region, but I think we can see like smoke off in several directions. Not like forest fire smoke, but like the sort of smoke that would come from a chimney. Hmm. And I posted this location in our group doc, but the natures here are hollow, bridge, and hillock. Okay. Hmm. So Zen looks through her journal and sort of turns it upside down, looks at it several which ways. Because there's not really much more information here than they came in with. There's no real indication of how they're supposed to prepare or what or where they're supposed to be preparing. And she's not used to the library giving them so little. If there's an anomaly here, there's no indication of what it is. I guess we just need to find someone to talk to. Because if 
preparing a festival, then that means like people have to know about it, right? I think so. I think that's probably the way to go unless one of your friends or, or one of mine has has any ideas. And um, Linda looks down and every single bumblebee is staring at her like no thoughts had empty. <laughs> I have a proposal. Okay. I'm going to pull a kith from this list. I think we're going to bring in Big Berta. Oh, excellent. Right off the bat here. So we have this flock of bumblebees around us and they're clearly very domesticated. And they seem to suddenly all start buzzing at once, sort of going sort of nervous, sort of antsy. And in the distance, we can just hear a loud, aggressive buzzing. (laughs) That sounds... That sounds, in contrast to our little flock here, very undomesticated, very wild. There's something out there. Uh, oh. And Zen sort of pats herself down and realizes that she is still unarmed and wonders why the library would send her here without a weapon. Yeah, that, whatever that is, sounds dangerous, question mark. I, um, you know, I'm not sure about that. It it sounds like a bee, but it doesn't sound like a very friendly one. Do you think we should go check on it? Do you think maybe it's hurt or should we maybe just leave it alone? I have a stick. That's about the best I can do. Yeah, all I got is this walking stick. I've got, um, a deck of cards. That's not gonna do anything super helpful. Oh, you can throw them though, like throwing stars. That'd be cool. Only if they were sharp. Oh, they're not sh- okay. Yeah, no, that does- that wouldn't work then. I don't think we can like paper cut like a bear to death. I mean, you know, you just gotta believe in yourself, really. Right. You see, you seem like you have a strong throwing arm. <laughs> it's all in the flick of your wrist, you know. As we're debating, that buzzing comes closer and closer, and we hear like crickling and crackling as something large moves through the underbrush, moves through the trees, and then the biggest bumblebee we've ever seen, bigger and fatter than any of Linda's bees, bigger and fatter than Pitter and Patter, comes bounding through this stone circle, bounding through this lost, forgotten shrine. And I'm gonna say that Linda's herd scatters in every direction as the giant bumblebee just sort of bursts through and keeps on going. Oh, bees, no, come back. And uh, Linda is, is whipping her head around to try and figure out where they are going. I think what Linda's going to do now is she's extremely worried about her bees. So what Linda's going to do um, with the bees running off is she is going to stand in the path of the really big bee because her she's the shepherd and this is her job to take care of the bees. And she is going to try and bop it on the head, not hard, but just enough to distract the big bee. And she's going to say, will you stop that? That is not very nice. The giant bee is going to figuratively show all of its teeth and bite. I did not know bees had teeth. I said figuratively. (laughs) I was saying it's going to sting. I don't know how many times bumblebees can sting. So it's either going to sting Linda or it's just going to pay no attention and bowl her right over and and leave her in the dust. Yeah, I think it's going to knock her over. So it knocks Linda aside and it just keeps going. It did not listen at all. Rill would rush over to help Linda get back up on her feet and it's just like, oh my God, are you okay? 
I'm I'm fine. I'm all right. I'm uh, thankfully I'm uh, I'm prickly enough that uh, it looks like it looks like I I didn't really get hurt or anything. I just um, that was not what I was expecting. And she's like dusting off her her cloak and her dress and looks around and says, mm, "But I do think we probably need to go after the rest of the bees. Did did you all see where they went? It sort of feels like they went everywhere." As the two of you were um, picking. Linda off of the ground. Zen was trying to sort of like herd the other bumples, but they're going in too many different directions and sort of flying around her and it is to absolutely no avail. And they're off in all manner of different directions. Can you like whistle for them to come back? The, the, the sheep listen, they're not sheep, they're beep. Do beeps, do bees listen to whistles? Linda pats down her pocket and she's like, I don't, I don't think I have anything to call them, but uh, let me, let me try. And she uh, just puts her fingers, she puts her beans in her mouth and, <laughs> uh, and whistles uh, really loud. And some of the sheep turn and come back to them, but not all of them. Some of them are still out there. They're scared or they're not sure what's going on. So I would probably say at the very least uh, of the bees that she can pick out in the herd, the most anxious bumble is still out there somewhere. Oh no. Oh no. This is now a rescue mission. That's the one we need to find. <laughs> so Linda's going to do a quick head count and say, oh, it looks it looks like we're still missing one. I guess. Can, I, can any of you follow bumblebee tracks? Uh, don't bumblebees fly? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining these guys like walking around, but yeah, I think they'd probably fly. So I guess... I guess what Linda would say was, all right, let's let's listen. Maybe we can hear its buzzing and figure out which direction to go in. Zen is going to scramble up on top of one of these standing stones. Zen is going to be somewhere she's not supposed to be. She scrambles up on top of one of these stones, and I think you can kind of sense that this place doesn't really like that. That this place isn't really accustomed to that sort of disrespect, I suppose. But she's you know, trying to climb as high as she can to get a look at her surroundings and gets her footing, stands all the way up on top of one of these rocks and starts looking around. Uh, do you see anything? I see some smoke in the distance. Uh, too many trees to see any any bumbles. But, um, oh, I guess there's some broken branches and stuff in that direction. Might have, <laughs> your, your, your little bumble might have left us a trail. Are we sure that's the, the little one and not the big one? Well, we saw the direction the big one went in. Oh, right. I, I think that's our best bet then. Let's, let's go head off in that direction and, um, be careful getting down, please. Zen leaps off of the top. That gives Linda a small heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and she dies. She dies right then. Oh no. Game over. We found a way to lose. <laughs> no, she's she's fine, but uh it, it scares her a little bit, but uh she knows that, that Zen is tough. It's like when you see one of your children jump off of a high wall. Yeah, it's absolutely like <laughs> it's that. It's exactly like that. Yeah. So I guess then we're gonna head off in that direction and uh Linda's going to to walk in the front, assuming that Zen pointed the rough direction out because she's she's got her crook and, and if she goes first, maybe the bumble won't be scared because it'll recognize her. 
Rill might have recognized that there was some bad vibes when Zen kind of climbed up on the stones. So I think they would sort of, before they left the area, they'd go over to the stone and leave like a little candy offering. And it's just like, uh, please don't, please don't haunt us or whatever that might be. (laughs) (laughs) So I will get a token for leaving an offering to a smaller forgotten god, I think, if that counts. Yeah, I'd say that counts. I would definitely count that. Okay, sweet. All right, yeah, and then they would scurry off to catch up with you all. I guess since we're we're leaving the stone circle, let's choose a new nature. Well, I think we, we choose three for every location. Oh, yes. So I'm going to propose that we each choose one, and then we figure out what sort of place it is from there. Okay. Okay. Does someone want to go first? Does anyone have a strong feeling? So there's a list of all of them on page 137. And this book is hyperlinked. Hashtag blessed. Okay. I have one picked out. I think I do as well. I do too. I have farm. So a farm is a place where people live unremarkable lives, deeply rooted in the turning of the seasons and the work that must be done. This place can always describe the calm mundanity of everyday life, reveal the thin margins people live on, and ask, hey, want to help out? Give them a token if they pitch in in whatever way they can. Um, We can choose two aesthetic elements. There's rapscallions and merrymakers, crops as far as the eye can see, peaceful livestock, rusty overgrown weapons of war, a house you once called home, a childhood inspiration now washed up and pensive, or something else of your own invention. There's a lot of good options here. I think I'll pick rapscallions and merrymakers and rusty overgrown weapons of war because <laughs> that sounds freaking metal as shit. Yeah. Nice. And then choose one folklore about this place. The scarecrow that walked away, the reign of a hundred days, the apple girl and her loving parents, or something else of your own invention. Let's say the reign of a hundred days. That kind of... That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, that works with the rusty overgrown weapons of war. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go next? So the word I wanted to do, the nature I wanted to do was glen, which is a place overflowing with creatures and bugs alive with movement and presence. This place can always describe a world teeming with life, show a conflict between wild creatures, or introduce a new buggy creature and give someone a token if they engage with it as an equal. So I was sort of imagining when you said farm that like maybe this is a this is a um, like a bug farmer, like someone who's raising a whole bunch of, of critters, not just... Just bumbles um, that are on a herd, but maybe a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And under choose two aesthetic elements, we have chittering mantises, cautious pill bugs, massive beetles, watchful caterpillars, soaring dragonflies, a feral and remarkable creature that no one has seen for hundreds of years, and something else of your own invention. Rail is the feral and unremarkable <laughs> creature. <laughs> so I like the idea of cautious pill bugs. Maybe they're in a pen like pigs. Aww. And I also like the idea of soaring dragonflies. And I'm imagining since we're talking about the festival that maybe these are like, like people can use them like, like horses or they can use them for transportation. And so the farmers tied a bunch of beautiful ribbons on these dragonflies. So they're flitting around in uh, maybe like an apiary with just these gorgeous ribbons streaming behind them. Cute. And so one folklore about this place, we can choose the meadow of the lightning dancers, the last of the monarch butterflies, the day the woods walked or something else of your own invention and i'm tempted to do the meadow of the lightning dancers yeah i like the idea of it being this this bug farm that appreciates bugs not just um, for what they can do but also that they're beautiful yeah and that could be something festival related too yeah all right um 
I'm mad about this just because I had also picked Len. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, I have to pick a new one, and I choose Lake. A lake is a vast body of water that spans an overwhelming distance. This place can always describe the beauty of the water, wash something strange up on shore, or bring someone somewhere completely unexpected and give them a token. For our two aesthetic elements, I'm going to choose striders darting across the surface. I think that fits with our sort of like teeming with life and nature element. And a nearby vessel you weren't expecting to see. And I think for that, maybe a like... A Tesla. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> maybe that's one of our rusted weapons of war. It's like a washed up, like... Tesla. A Hummer. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, like a washed up, um, a washed up sort of ship with like old rusty cannons on it. Oh, that's cool. It's a cool big lake, I would imagine. It's covered in like seaweed and shit. Yeah. And choose one folklore about this place. There's the kraken from the deep, the salmon with three wishes, or the hubris of the warthog captain. And I'm going to go with that one, the hubris of the warthog captain. Maybe there's a story that people tell about this washed up warship. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. And with that, we have a new location. I just, I, I like that. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very cool. Like, suddenly we just have this place with so much about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of, of combining the charts and whispers in Wild Sea, but like all of us together. Okay, so I think that we are following this bumble through the woods. Um, it has left us a, a path of its nervous little flight. We can see some bent branches and disturbed ground and, and foliage. And we find ourselves following it through the woods until suddenly we burst out into a clearing and we see this bug farm on the shores of the lake. We see the rusted weapons of war we see the ship covered in seaweed we see everyone hard at work we see um some some revelers we see all the bugs and i think we look over towards the pill bug pen and way in the back in the corner is the most anxious bumble who has shoved itself as far away as it can from the now very curious pill bugs it is not sure what's up (laughs) should one of us go get it i guess Zen is already climbing the fence. Oh no. (laughs) Uh, I mean, are we allowed to do that? Zen's hopped the fence and once again is somewhere she is not supposed to be. Linda's looking around to uh, see if there's someone that, that like they should be talking to so they don't get in too much trouble. Fortunately, these pill bugs seem to be friendly. They're mostly ignoring her. (laughs) Feral pill bugs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Zen pushes her way to the back of the pen and, like, offers a hand out to this nervous bumblebee, hoping that this bee will, like, recognize Linda's scent and follow her back. And I think as she's doing this, someone says, Hey, you're not supposed to be in there. Oh, God. <laughs> Linda looks up at the critter that has spoken and says, Oh, no, don't don't worry. Uh, they're friendly. Don't don't fret. He he just got a little scared. We, we saw this big feral bumble and I just wanted to get him out of there. And so my friend just hopped in. We'll 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 get him out and, and we'll be we'll be on our way. Don't worry about it. We'll we'll leave your your beautiful pill bugs alone. Those those really really are lovely. So let's pick or make a character for this. We have someone who's a farmer, but they maintain a different type of animals. But we could just repurpose them. We could just change that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to do Dolly the Red Healer then? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Dorka likes the Red Healers. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, this Red Healer farmer woman comes up to us and Linda is sort of trying to, to make sure that she's not upset and also keeping an eye on Zen, who's hopefully bringing the Bumble out. I'd say the Bumble probably does recognize Linda's scent and is making a lot of noises as Zen picks it up. but is generally favorable to being picked up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This farmer is a very majestic looking dog with a very sturdy looking, a well-worn set of overalls and a a big straw hat. Just looks very much like a farmer. Obviously a farmer or a rancher, I guess. Uh, I I like your hat. Rill is trying to compliment her to hope that it will take her attention away from how Zen broke into the pen. (laughs) Zen uh, gets back to the fence and realizes that it's going to be hard to climb back over with a bumblebee in her arms. And you can tell that she's contemplating, like, tossing the bee. No, 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 no. Linda runs over, tosses her crook on the ground and says, no, 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 I'll, um, I'll, I'll take him from here. And she takes a big armful of bumblebee out of Zen's arms and gently sets him on the ground and pets him on the head and just says, oh, it's okay, little fella. Look, we're back. Here's all your friends. And uh, gives a little, a little pat on the butt. So it goes and runs over and hangs out with the other bumbles. Was it soft? It was very soft. <laughs> so Zen climbs back out of the pen and the, the farmer is sort of has her eyes narrowed at Zen and is immediately starts like inspecting the fence to make sure that everything is in place where it should be to make sure Zen didn't fuck anything up. Um, I mean, if it got damaged, we can help fix it. Yeah, let us let us know. I'm so sorry we had to jump in there, but we're absolutely willing to, to lend a hand and set things right if anything's been offset. I'm Linda, by the way. These are these are my bumbles. She looks at Rill and says, oh, you know how to fix a fence? Uh, I can learn. I think we've got this. Don't worry. Okay. Um, I mean, it doesn't look broken. (laughs) No, it's not broken. But I would suggest that you uh, don't make offers that you're not able to follow through on. I mean, I can follow through on it. Like, I I I could figure out how to fix a fence. Can you? Yeah. I think what my my friend Rill is trying to say is that however we we could help, we'd be happy to help if you needed. Like, we could, you know, hold hold the hammer or bring you wood or keep the pill bugs distracted or, you know, I mean, we're not, we're not experts. We don't do what you do, but, you know, we're always, we're always happy to, to help people out. That's what we do. Well, it looks like you've got your hands full. Looks like you've had some trouble of your own. Yes. Well, unfortunately, you know, just the bumbles got spooked. You know how things go. Yeah. You want to tell me how one of your bees ended up in my pill bug pen? It probably flew. (laughs) I mean, you know. They have wings. I meant that more broadly than specifically. I really don't know. He he took off when we saw the feral and um, we came after him as fast as we could. And I guess he was just looking for some fellow bugs that he could, you know, hang out with for a little bit and, until we got here. So I'm very sorry. I really hope he didn't he didn't make a mess of anything. Yeah, maybe he had a better fence. The farmer raises a brow. It's just like the feral. Yeah, it was. You saw you saw Berta. Yes, is that is that who she is? She ran right over me and knocked me on my back and startled all of my bees. Big bumble, yeah? Bigger than Oh. Bigger than any of yours? Oh, much bigger. Not a care for where it's supposed to be or where it's going. That sounds like her. That's Berta, all right. Big Berta. 
it looks like she she went off quite a ways from here so hopefully we don't run into her again i uh i'm not keen to go on a, a bumble chase too often you want a bee that breaks a fence that's berta Ugh, real menace she is have you run into her a lot Oh, yeah, she's constantly coming down here, getting in the feed, causing trouble. She's smart, too. Oh, that seems like the worst kind. Mine aren't very bright, (laughs) it seems. And that might be better, she says, from experience of having a very smart cat. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have smart cats. Yeah, not much that can be done about her, but she'll be back. I would uh, recommend that you, you know, figure out a way to control your bees next time she comes bumbling on through. And noted. I, I'll, I'll keep an eye on them and, uh, and do some thinking. While we're here, do you know anything about about the festival that's going on? We've uh, we've come to lend a hand, but I'm not sure exactly the best way to do that. Oh, I knew I didn't recognize you. Small town. Everyone knows everyone. We don't get many new faces, but if you're here for the festival, that makes sense. Just finished planting all the crops for this summer. Time to throw a little party. Celebrating our accomplishments. Celebrating the coming of spring, you know? Oh, absolutely. And you say you're planning on staying for that? Uh, well, gosh, if we're welcome, absolutely. And she looks to you two and, and just makes sure that she didn't just commit you to something that you're like, oh, don't. Zen is happy to stay for a party. Real just nods. It's like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll join a party. <laughs> the farmer says, well, if you're going to be sticking around, I got a pen in the back where we can put your bees. That would be lovely if you don't mind. I'll do my best to just tell them what's going on so they don't get too nervous back there. All right, it's right around the back. You'll see it. It's the empty one. Lock might be a little rusty, but gate'll close. So I think Linda's gonna um, nod to the two of you and kind of usher her bees back there. And you all are, of course, welcome to follow and come with. And you're also welcome to hang out here, or strategize, or talk with the farmer, or whatever works. Zen's gonna go with Linda, stick near the bees, and like move the gate aside for you. It is old and rusty. It's functional, but there's a reason this pen is uh, unused presently. Yeah, Rill follows y'all. While you all get out of earshot of Dolly, Rill's just like, I don't get it. Why don't don't they just kill that bee if it's such an issue? I sort of feel like maybe they don't kill things here? Like, Zen doesn't have a sword. Oh. And you think, I mean, I'm not an expert on farmers, but I don't think they usually let big critters run around and, and scare their herds and flocks and such. Yeah, don't farmers have guns and shit? Where, why doesn't she have a gun? What's a gun? Uh, it's, it's, it's the thing that goes pew pew. Alright, Zen's probably had a gun before. Yeah. Oh yeah, Zen probably saw plenty of guns in Hack the Planet. Yeah. I don't know, like, it sounds like it's just an animal, right? Just like your bees. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big smart one, but I mean, we've we fought like griffins and before. I don't I don't think this is any different than that. Yeah. Dog lady seemed, uh, you know, annoyed by it, but she didn't say anything about it hurting anyone. Or I, I guess. Probably more of a menace than a threat. Yeah. I mean, I it didn't kill anyone, I guess, so that's good. Maybe they're all vegetarians. Actually, I don't think bees eat meat, do they? What do bees eat? Do they eat honey? Uh... <laughs> They, they make honey. They eat, well, they eat pollen. What do a, what a big bees eat? All right, I've Googled it. Bees feed on both nectar and pollen. Okay. Okay, so maybe big bees just eat flowers like they graze. Oh, oh, that's cute. <laughs> that is cute. I like, I like that mental image. We're ready to open a bee farm. <laughs> that's what Linda's going to do when she retires. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what Linda's going to do when she retires. So yeah, I think she she puts the bees in the pen and she leans over and she just says, Okay, listen up. Everything's all right, okay? 
you're gonna just hang out here for a little bit. That'll keep you safe from that big mean bumble that we saw. And um, I will not go anywhere big without you, without coming back and bringing you with me, okay? Are we all okay? And she makes sure that uh, she she gives an extra snuggle to her favorites. And uh, then I guess uh, turns back to her conversation with her friends and heads back towards the farmer. I think while we're back there, we can see like a whole bunch of tents set up like around the edge of the lake. And that's probably, you know, set up preparation, festival things. It's morning, I think. So we don't know when this festival is happening exactly, but probably not early in the morning like it is now. Maybe it's tonight. Maybe it's a few days from now. We're not sure yet. Yeah, I think when they get back, Rill would ask Dolly, do you know who we talked to if we wanted to help set up for the festival? She thinks about that for a bit. She's quiet, but not in the way where it seems like she doesn't know. Just in the way where it seems like she thinks about every word she says before she says it. And finally gestures back the way you came towards those tents and says, You'll find all sorts of frantic people setting up over there. That's your best bet, but I don't really know what you're expecting to to do. Uh... What do you mean? Well, you said you wanted to help, but I don't know. Who are you people? Why does it matter who we are? That doesn't mean we can't help. Well, we don't know what you're good at. We don't know what you do. (sighs) (laughs) Well, uh, that's a... I know you can't fix a fence. Okay, you you don't know that, but that's fine. Linda is is gonna look thoughtful for a second and say, "Well, that's that's fair, but I'm a I'm a shepherd and I'm I'm real good with people most of the time. And my friend Zen is boy, if you need lifting or carrying or or hitting, she can handle that a hundred percent. And my friend Rill's got all these little friends with them and is just really good at keeping an eye on everything and being there when you need them. They'll always lend a helping hand." Well, there's always lifting to be done, I guess. You know, most most guests come to attend the festival, not uh, set it up. Okay, well, we're not like most guests. We want to help. All right. I don't know why you're getting offended. Rill just like <laughs> throws up their hands in the air and just like walks off towards the tent. They don't like this person. <laughs> Your friend seems a little tense. We've, uh, we've had a long journey here, so, uh, I think maybe we're all a little on edge. Well, you're here for a party, and folk here are friendly, so... Oh, are they? (laughs) (laughs) Rill just peeks their head back from, from, from around the corner. (laughs) This dog is like, you don't have to help if you don't want to, and Rill is like, fuck you! <laughs> anyway, I'll make sure your bees are taken care of. I got some spare feed in the back. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. We'll go check in with folks and let us know if there's, you know, anything that we can lend a hand with over here, too. You know, if you just need someone to water or, or you know, whatever. And, and Linda just sort of trails off. She also isn't sure about this not helping thing. Well, I'll let you know. If it's been a long trip, though, and if you're hungry, you might want to head further down the road there. I've already eaten this morning, but there's sure to be folk who can give you something to eat and drink. Well, thank you. We will absolutely keep that in mind. And I think Linda's going to go off after Rill, and uh, I think they're going to they're gonna try and make a game plan. All right. Okay, but like, I could, ma- I could fix a fence if I wanted to fix a fence. Like, how hard could it be to f- make a fence? Like, I mean, clearly her fence isn't that great. It was a freaking bug. Bumblebees always keep coming in. Linda pats Rill on the shoulder and says, of course you could. 
then it's like, real when we get back to the library, we can uh, we can learn to make a fence together. So this will never happen again. Yeah, I'm gonna make the best goddamn fence anyone's ever seen. <laughs> this is a this is a new side of real. I think. <laughs> I think real real is usually happy to do nothing, but when told that there's something they cannot do, they're like, I will do this thing. I think it was just like they were like, well, I can help you, and they were like, she was like, oh, can you? And it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, no, you can't. And she, and then real's just like, the fuck, I can't. <laughs> don't tell me what to not do. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me, don't tell me what I can't do. I know what I can't do. <laughs> So what do you think, team? Are we leaning towards going to find some food or heading on down towards the tents and figuring out what we want to do next? Real wants to help. (laughs) Real needs to help. Real didn't read the section in the Wander Home book where it said you can't help everyone. (laughs) Real's gonna fucking help everyone, even if they don't want it. (laughs) And that's where we'll pick up next time here on the Eternity Archives. The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Bappy, and Siva. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Subscribe to our Ko-fi for all sorts of exclusive bonuses, behind-the-scenes content, and other fun surprises. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Proud member of the Rainbow Roll Network. Rainbow Roll. Our stories are our voices. voices.